welcome to the Holy Trinity Upper School Podcast. The following homilies were recorded live in front of our student body at Holy Trinity Episcopal Academy located in Melbourne, Florida. Our chapels exist to proclaim the amazing grace of God in Jesus Christ, and it's our hope that these homilies will provide you with a measure of encouragement and comfort. Thanks for listening. A reading from Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 5. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And so Abram went as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he was sent out of Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people that uh, they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. And they arrived there, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, well, today uh, we are continuing on in our trek through the Old Testament. Uh, And today, Genesis 12 is really where... Um, the, the actual narrative or the actual story of the Bible really starts to take off. And the best way to view this is Genesis 1 through 11 is a very important prologue that sets the stage for what the problem is in the world, uh, what is going... Oh, hey, Mr. Lar, how are you? It's good to see you. Sorry. Um, ADD. I'm getting sick, so just this will be interesting. But, um, okay, so anyways, where was I? So Genesis 1 through 11 is a, uh, a really important prologue, uh, kind of a, a walkthrough of, of what, is, what is wrong with the world. That, that we look around the world and we recognize that things are not as they ought to be. That there is something wrong. And so Genesis 1 through 11 gives an explanation of that. And it gives uh, this... This promise that, that God, through the line of Adam, um, that he would raise up somebody uh, to, to eventually set everything right. And Genesis 12 is when that narrative really gets going. Uh, and God uh, comes to Abraham and he calls him. Now, it's important here to, uh, this to me, Genesis 12 is one of the most important chapters of the whole Bible. Uh, and we're going to spend this week talking about Abraham because he is uh, one of the most important figures in the whole Bible. Because Abraham becomes the kind of uh, prototype of, of what it means to be someone who lives in relationship to God. Because what Abraham receives is, uh, he does not, God does not come to him and give him a law. God doesn't come to him and give him uh, some type of, of, okay, Abraham, here's the deal. I need you to do this, 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 and this. Uh, That what God does is that he comes to him and he simply gives him a promise. Um, And a promise is is simply a declaration of, of what God will do. Not um, a promise is not an if-then statement. A promise is not a conditional. It's not a, well, if you do this, then I will respond like this. A promise is an unconditional, unilateral thing. I will do this through you. So what God does to Abraham is that he calls him and he gives him a promise. He says, through you, I will, I will bless you. I will make you a great nation, even though he had no children of his own. And through you, I will bless the entire world. And so what we see is God beginning to um, uh, enact his redemptive plan through this one man. 
And that what we'll see is the whole rest of the Bible is the outworking of this promise to Abraham. That, that the whole rest of the Bible comes from the line of Abraham, uh, eventually culminating in Christ. Now, um, one of the things that I'm running into with this whole thing is it's really great information. I know you think that too. Um, uh, and, but I, my hope for chapel is that it's not just a lecture, um, but it, it becomes actual, um, that it's in some ways actually helpful for your life. Uh, and so how on earth could this possibly be helpful for your life? Well, uh, one of the things that, one of the worst parts about religion, or maybe just living, um, I don't know, but uh, is uh, cliches. Um, and, and a lot of times cliches happen when, uh, when, when, ba- when life doesn't go your way. People get very uncomfortable and they're not sure what to say and so they give some type of cliche back. I think I've talked about this before, but they give some type of like, well, your sadness is making me extremely uncomfortable right now. So I'm just going to say like, every cloud has a silver lining. And you're like, what does that mean? Like a silver lining in a cloud? Like, what are you talking about? Uh, and, and they just give some type of thing. And, and it's some way to kind of try to say, I want you to feel better. And really what I mean by that is I want you to leave me alone. Uh, so I, but I don't want to seem rude. So I'm just going to say something that will kind of get you off my back. Because we're not good with dealing with people's emotions. Uh, like the other day, my daughter, my three-year-old, uh, very mature three-year-old daughter was... Uh, falling apart, crying, and I, as the kind chaplain-like father, uh, said, stop crying, and, uh, and which is one of, you know, one of the best things you could possibly say as a dad, um, and she, she, and through tears, looked at me and was like, but dad, I need to cry, and I, and I was like, you're right, I'm so sorry, now I need to as well, but, uh, um, but, uh, what, you know, we, we do this all the time. People are, are having an emotional experience. We kind of give some cliche. What cliches are are these phrases that, that um, they don't mean anything. We just kind of throw them around. And one of the cliches that if I had it in my power to, to like, Matrix style, none of you have seen that movie, but uh, to, to just remove from existence forever, uh, it's this one. It's, I don't know if you ever heard this, God helps those who help themselves. And it's in this nice little picture. She's got an umbrella, or he has an umbrella. There's a reflection in the water. Um, this is a terrifying uh, cliche. What, and, and, but this is, we actually live under this most of our lives. Uh, whatever your conception of God is, um, most of us believe that God responds to us um, analogously or, or in proportion to our own efforts. That, um, and, and that if we put forward our, if we put our best foot forward, if we try, if we do our part, then God meets us halfway. Or maybe God doesn't meet us halfway. God meets us 90% of the way. You know, God, uh, that, that God, resp- when we try, God looks at it and says, look, this person wasn't trying before. They're trying now. I like this person. I'm going to go after uh, this person. Uh, and the, you and I live like that. Most of our lives, we actually live under this, whether you realize it or not. Um, But what that ends up happening is, for one, it puts you in a position where when things don't go your way, um, you get very, very angry with God, uh, which is understandable. I'm not judging it, but, but you get very angry with God because you will think something along the lines of, I didn't do anything to deserve this. 
you know, I have tried so hard. I have been doing this and this. I, I just did, as a minister, my first funeral last week. And one of the things that the family was saying um, was uh, that, uh, to me, was that this, this man who had passed away, uh, was, he was such a good man, he didn't deserve this. And, and I thought, well, of course, I mean, of course, in a sense, we would all say, like, Yes, like he was a good father, a good husband. No, no one deserves it. But, but at the same time, I mean, you have to realize we're, we're all going to die, right? I mean, it's not like really, there are really good people who die all the time. Uh, but, but when we believe that God responds to our efforts, uh, when we put our best foot forward, then God comes to us, we will inherently uh, blame God when bad things happen. Um, and secondly, this cliche, and this might only apply to a couple people in the room, um, but this cliche has nothing to say to you if you find yourself in a place where you don't feel like there's anything you can do to help yourself. I mean, think about what this cliche actually says to people who really, truly, or for instance, in death, at a funeral. Well, how, how could I possibly say as the minister at a funeral, God helps those who help themselves? This person, it, it's, it's over, right? So what this thing actually communicates is nothing but um, try harder. And, and, and if you try harder, then maybe, then maybe. And so what this statement actually puts us under is, is we live in an if-then relationship with God. If I, then God. If I, then God. If I put my best foot forward, if I take a religion class, if I don't sleep through chapel, then uh, God will respond uh, by giving me an A on this test. And if he doesn't, whatever, next chapel I'm coming in, and before it even starts, I'm falling asleep, which happens. Um, and that is a terrible way, uh, that, is a, that is an oppressive, that is a weight to carry around with you, to know that, that, that not only is everybody else in your life somebody that you have to appease and somebody that you have to try to win over, um, but that God is, is also like that. And my hope for you in chapel uh, this year, and my hope for you in chapel um, forever, and my hope for you in life, is that if anything, you will understand um, that God, that, that for one, this is not in the Bible, so just get that clear, not in the Bible, um, and two, that uh, God actually, the message of the Bible is resoundingly clear, that it is exactly those who cannot help themselves. It is exactly those who find themselves in places where I have no hope. Those are the people that God helps. Those are the people that God runs to. There's a reason why Jesus, in his ministry, constantly healed the lame and, he, and healed the blind and rose, uh, rose up the dead. It was people who were beyond hope, beyond helping themselves. And for you today, if you feel like there's something in your life where you don't feel like you have any way out, the message for you is you have a God who comes to you in chapel right now. The creator God comes to you and he just makes promises to you. And he simply says, I am the Lord your God. I will save you. I will love you. I will and I do forgive you. Even you and even now. Amen. Hear what comfortable words our Savior Christ says unto all who truly turn to him. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will refresh you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son to the end that all that believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
Here also what St. Paul says, that this is a true saying and worthy of all men to be received, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And here also what St. John says, that if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation or the payment for all of our sins. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Holy Trinity Upper School Podcast. Holy Trinity is a K-12 Episcopal school located in Melbourne, Florida. If you'd like more information about Holy Trinity, please visit us at our website at htacademy.org. Thanks for listening.